we're, on the, um, we're in this series on the spirit-filled life. And uh, today on the church calendar is Pentecost. Did anybody know that? So, um, so it, it, in Pentecost, what we do is we celebrate when the Holy Spirit fell on the early church and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were manifested among the disciples. It's, it's a remarkable time. But before it was Pentecost for the Christian church, it was Pentecost for the, the, Jew, the, the Jewish people. And the Jewish people, what it was is it was the Feast of Booths. And they, they'd come and everybody would come into Jerusalem uh, to, to participate in this celebration when everybody was called to be together. And so it was this loaded time. Everybody was in the city. The disciples were trying to figure out, what do we do? Jesus has just died. He rose from the dead. And they were all kind of like, I don't, this is not at all what our plan was, Jesus. You know, are you going to get on our plan or not? And, um, and so that's kind of the, the context that we find ourselves in. We're going to look at two separate scriptures. We're going to look at half the scripture at the beginning, half the scripture in the middle, and then there's going to be an application for us and an opportunity to pray together. Uh, we're going to look at the promise, the fulfillment, and our, and, um, and our possibility. Uh, and for the sake of alliteration, if you want to spell uh, fulfillment, P-H-U-L, did it, did it actually make it? There we go. Yeah. Because some people just need alliteration. Help you remember. <laughs> that's, that's not how that's supposed to work. Uh, but we're going to look at um, Acts chapter 1, 4 through 8, and then we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Before we do that, I want to lay a little bit of context because uh, Jesus refers to, um, in Acts chapter, in the, in the first passage of verses, he says, hey, remember this thing I told you about? When we get to that part, he's reminding them about something that he said in John chapter, chapters 14 through 17, where he was saying that, hey, I'm with you now, but I'm going to have to go so that I can send one greater than me. I can send the helper to you. And it was a shocking, startling thing to the disciples because they were like, uh, we kind of like having you here. We'd rather you not send something, even if it is better than you, because we know you and we're comfortable with you. We like you just the way you are right? We feel that way very much a lot of the time, right? I like my money. I'd rather not give it up, even if there is something better than money in store for me, because I like the money. I'm comfortable with the money. I know what the money does. I know what it doesn't do. And the idea of giving up our money is, is a terrifying thought, right? I'd rather, I, I'd rather stay in my uh, broken relationship or dysfunctional relationship. I'm speaking of dating relationships. If you're in a dysfunctional marriage relationship, that's a whole nother conversation. But a dysfunctional dating relationship because at least I know what I'm going to get. I at least know that he's going to cheat on me. If you're a girl, right? That's what I was trying to imply. Not, I'm married to my wife. But, you know, if, if you're, you know, at least she's going to ignore my text. At least she's not going to pay attention to me when we do this. Like, at least I'm comfortable. With, we get comfortable in our dysfunction. And to use the example of a tree, a tree kind of growing, we get, it gets used to the environment that it is. And it just tries to get the light. There's this tree in my backyard, and it, and it grows this way because of the shade of my house. It was like, I need light, so I'm going to grow sideways to get to the light. And now the tree is just at a 45-degree angle in the backyard. Probably not very healthy, but it makes it. Now, if I, wanted the healthy, if I wanted the tree to last a long time, it would have to stick straight up, but it's way too late to move the tree to stick, uh, tree to stick straight up. But you, you can do it when the tree is younger and get it to go in the right direction. A lot about cultivating and yards today. Um, and so in John chapter, in, in these verses in John, Jesus says, one greater than me is going to come. Now here, this is why Acts 1 and Acts 2 is so important. There are some false religions 
that look at this promise that Jesus made here, that one greater than, was gonna, that one greater than him is going to come. There's some false religions that say that the person who founded their religion is the greater one who is going to come. Okay, so they hear this promise that one greater than, than them is going to come. Uh, Baha'u'llah from the, from the Baha'i faith says that he's the fulfillment of that verse. And so he came on the scene and he's like, I'm the guy that Jesus was talking about. Right? Uh, Mohammed did the same thing. Or actually other people convinced Mohammed that he was the guy. He didn't even think he was the guy. And so what they did is they said one greater than Jesus was going to come. There's going to be another prophet. There's going to be another great thing. Hey, Muhammad comes on the scene. He's got these ideas. He's got these struggles. He's got these things. And people are like, he must be the one who is greater. The problem is that both of those, both of those faiths and other faiths, what they did is they took John 14, but they forgot to read through the book of Acts because the one greater came shortly after Jesus ascended into heaven. The one who is greater who came is the one who we're talking about today. And it's the moment that we're talking about today when he came. See, we can't just take one part of Bible and call that inspired and another part of the Bible and call it uninspired because it, because it, it was all, it was all called in 8300. They said, this is the Bible and this is what we know to be authoritative and true. And this is, this is how we understand it to work. And this is what, this is what we know. And so some people go back and they're like, well, I'll take John, but I won't take Acts because I'm not a scholar. I just don't like it. Or I'll take Matthew, but I won't take Mark because I just don't like the way Mark talks. Right? Or we pick, we pick and choose our reasons without much serious scholarly work. And, and so anybody who claims that uh, somebody other than the Holy Spirit is the one greater that was going to come, the comforter who was going to come, hasn't given it very serious scholarly work. And so let's go ahead and jump in. It's Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. says this. No, it doesn't. I'm using my Bible app today. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Gathering them together, being the disciples, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but for wait for what the Father had promised. That's the the promises made in, in John through Jesus. Which, he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it this time? Is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. This is God's word to us. Jesus, help us today. Stir in us a hunger and a desire for your presence and for your Holy Spirit. Help us to learn and to grow and to leave today forever changed for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we'll look at Acts 2 in just a few moments, but I want to look at the promise that was made. The disciples had been on this roller coaster where they thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government and they were super excited about it. They were amped. They were like, everything's going to be returned back to the way it should be. God's coming through on his promises that are thousands of years old that have been passed down generation to generation to generation. And they were, they were excited about it. They were anticipating it. And they thought it was going to happen. And then Jesus died. And they're like, oh, so not the plan we thought. And then Jesus rose from the dead. And they're like, hey, maybe the plan that we thought. And now Jesus is about to break their hearts again because he's like, hey, I'm going to leave. <laughs> And they're like, Jesus, is this the time? 
that you're going to restore things to the way that we thought it was going to be? And he's like, you know, it's not for you to know. This is above your pay grade what's really going to happen. But yes, it's the time, but it's not really the time the way that you expect it to be the time, but it's going to be the time. A kingdom is being established, and I'm the king. A kingdom is being established. I'm the king, and you are my people. You're my citizens. Your passport is my blood. The seal on your passport, the visa on your passport, the one that gets stamped in there, is my Holy Spirit that I'm going to give you. And it's going to seal, and it's going to give you the authority to be where you are. The embassy is the church. And that's going to be an outpost of the kingdom of heaven on this earth where you gather together, where you worship me, you remember me, where I'm the king. No matter what land you find yourself in, you can worship me freely and wholly. And and I will be there with you and I'll meet you and every piece of my authority rests with you because you are my emissaries. You are my ambassadors. In this embassy called the church, we're the ambassadors to the world about the kingdom of heaven. This was his plan. This was the kingdom that he was delivering. It was, a, it was a plan that he had for us today. That they, but they were expecting something altogether different. And so he leaves them in the dark. Not because it can't be known. It could be known. God knows all things. But he's, he, he's like, I'm going to intentionally keep some information away from you so that you don't try and manufacture or create the thing that you think should happen. I'm going I'm to keep you in the dark a little bit as to all the knowledge. I'm going to give you this much information, enough so that you can hope, enough that you can rest, enough that you can have confidence, enough that you can stand. But I'm not going to give you all of it for the same reason we don't give our kids all the information. Because they'll try and create it or make it happen or they think they know how it should happen. The same way if you're in an organization. There are people in the organization that don't, that don't know everything that the boss knows. Because it, it'll cause confusion if everybody knows. Because it's like, we all know how it's supposed to go. And we'll, in, we'll insert and, and force onto something our idea of how it should be. And Jesus is like, I'm going to keep you in the dark so you're forced to take one step at a time. And so all that you can do is obey me. You don't have to skip any steps. You don't, it's, I'm going to keep it remarkably simple. Just stay in Jerusalem and I'm going to do the rest. Um, just a thought about, the, uh, about him holding back information. It's, it's important that he holds back information also because it helps our faith grow. Doesn't it? Where you just have to stand, you just know what you know. You ever, been, you ever had to meet someone and you weren't sure if you were meeting in the right place and your cell phone's dead and you're like, gosh, I hope I'm in the right place. And you're standing there and you're like, it looks kind of like they were describing, but there's more than one Kava restaurant in this area. So I hope I'm at the right one. We could be in Ashburn. It could be Sterling. We didn't clarify it. I'm just going to wait here. And then when the person shows up, you're like, I knew you would do. I knew you were going to show up. <laughs> Nobody else? I'm just a bad planner. I, I operate a lot in the, felt, uh, in the faith realm for plans. I had a meeting yesterday at 8 o'clock, and I texted the guy at 8.01. I was like, did we set a place for this meeting? <laughs> at 8 o'clock, it was, it was Jermaine, our youth minister. It was funny. Out mowing the lawn. I was like, oh. I've got a meeting that we planned. (laughs) Be right there. Here's what they knew. They knew stay here and stay together. That's what they knew. Don't we all tend to get wrapped around the axle of what we don't know? He gave them so little information about actually everything that was going to go on. Stay there. 
Stay together. That'd be a great message on its own, wouldn't it? Stay there, stay together. I'm going to handle the rest. They didn't know what, when, where. They barely understood why. Didn't know how. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, we have an idea of what that is now. You know, if you've been in church for a period of time, you've heard maybe the phrase baptism of the Holy Spirit or filling of the Holy Spirit. You may have heard that phrase. You may have a bad relationship with it. You may have a good relationship with it, but at least you've heard it. And they're sitting here going, I don't even know what baptism in the Holy Spirit is. He's talking about sending one greater than us and baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. What, what is he even talking about? Stay there. Stay together. So they stayed there. They obeyed. They stayed where they were supposed to be with the people they were supposed to be with. And that was the recipe for God to move on their behalf. And that brings us to Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Thank you, Father, for your word. When the presence of the Holy Spirit manifests himself, and I say himself because the Holy Spirit is not a power that's unknown. He's not an idea. He's not a concept. He's a person. We believe that he's the third person of the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're of the same essence, the same substance, but with distinction. So we are a monotheistic religion. We believe that there is one God. There are three parts to this one God. And it's a beautiful mystery how that works. We just know that God is the only one that exists for all eternity. And the Bible gives the eternal qualities to the Father, to the Holy Spirit, and to the Son. We know that only God is sovereign. And it gives sovereign sovereign attributes, Scripture does, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So either the thought that God is changing form from one to the next to the next to the next, which is difficult because there's a moment when Jesus gets baptized where the Father speaks from heaven, the Holy Spirit descends on him, and he's standing in the river. So we know that he's not changing form because all three were there in distinct places and distinct persons in that moment. God the Father, we have a concept for because we've, we've got fathers, as good or as bad as our father was, you have a, you, somebody participated in the process at some point. And we see that in the homes. We see fathers. We know fathers. Jesus is a, is a historical fact. He's an archaeological fact. We can look at it. We know that he existed. It, all you have to do is wrestle with who is he really. But the Holy Spirit, the idea that we have for the Holy Spirit, we've got Casper the Friendly Ghost and some horror flick. Whole bunch of horror flicks. And so we're like, okay, I'm good with the Father. I'm good with the Son. But the Holy Spirit? I mean, the church even stopped saying Holy Ghost because of the, like, how, like, oh, people got about it. Right? Like, oh. (laughs) And so what we need to know is that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit has power. 
It's the power and the sovereignty of God, but he's, he's not, he, he is not a thing that we can grab hold on and control or, or that, we can, that we can get by some, by some effort of our own or that we can attain or grow to. He's distinct. He's himself. He's not us. He's God. When the Holy Spirit manifests himself, there's a manifestation that comes present for everybody. In this case, there was a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire that came and rested on people's head. That wouldn't have been intimidating, not knowing what was going to happen. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish, I wish the account, you know, had at least one guy running out of the room. You know, like, oh, I'll catch y'all. <laughs> catch y'all later. This is crazy. There's wind in our house and not outside. <laughs> Right? When there's a mighty rushing wind outside in those days, you get a little nervous because they didn't have building codes. When there's a mighty rushing wind inside of your house, man, I'm out. <laughs> but again, they do worship Jesus who did die and rise from the dead. So I guess their tolerance for remarkable supernatural things is pretty high at this point. Like, might as well be a mighty rushing wind in our house. <laughs> There might as well be tongues of fire. Just get the water ready in case the thing goes down. You know, like, it might as well. I don't understand somebody who believes in God and believes in Jesus and believes in the Holy Spirit, believes in the Father, but doesn't believe in miracles for today. Because after all, Jesus is a man who was born of a virgin, who lived a sinless life. That's a miracle, y'all. We talk about that like it's nothing. I've sinned a bunch this morning. <laughs> that was a weird confession. <laughs> you know, if, if anything that's not a faith is sin, then you're with me. So don't judge me. Judge yourself. <laughs> right, that's a miracle. It's remarkable that he lived a sinless life. Remarkable that there was this, this trial, this sham trial that everybody knew was a trial where they killed an innocent man. During the Holy Week, during Passover, they schemed and killed this man. When they were supposed to be the most pious, they were the most wicked. And then he dies and they're like, whoa, what do we do? And then he raises from the dead and shows up and eats fish in their house. In a locked room. <laughs> it's amazing. So the mighty rushing wind, while I might be startled, <laughs> the tongues of fire, though I might be startled, they seem pretty comfortable with. There's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that is evident to others. Uh, Brian Schweppe in our congregation has been praying for people, and he's, and he's seen people getting healed in a moment in a small group at our house on uh, last Tuesday. It was this five days ago or whatever, Tuesday night, we're, 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 we're talking and, and Larry Tanks in our children's ministry says, man, my, my back's been hurt and I'm going to a chiropractor. I'm trying to get right. And I was, here's an opportunity to pray, guys. And so Brian starts praying for him, doesn't touch Larry. And Larry feels, a, feels something snap in his, in his glute, right? That's his butt. <laughs> Just in case me pointing didn't do, that was for the podcast. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> We're like, what's going on? He goes, something snapped. Nobody's touching him. There's no tricks. There's no nothing. And then he stands up and he's like, I think I'm, I feel different. Wow. So Brian's do something. 
that would have hurt if you had done it before you came tonight. So Larry starts doing some exercises and he goes, I wasn't able to do this. Now I can do this. There's a manifestation that occurs so that we can see it. You, you with, there's a manifestation that occurs so that others can see it. There's, there's also, uh, when we have the Holy Spirit, we're given gifts that are needed for the ministry in that moment. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about gifts. We learn about the gifts that come, power manifesting, uh, the, 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 a manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in gifts for the work of ministry so that God can show off in a moment and let you know that he's got your number and that he's real and he's for today. They're gifts of prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and, and tongues and interpretation of tongues and discerning, discerning of spirits. There are these gifts that, that are given by God for the purpose of, of advancing his kingdom. And he knew that the disciples were going to need that. He knew that you and I were going to need it if we were ever going to fulfill the great commission of making disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He knew that we were going to need it, so he promised his Holy Spirit. They didn't even know what they were going to be getting, but they were going to be getting the very thing that they weren't able to accomplish on their own. There's a, there's a TikTok commercial <laughs> Just came to mind from like the early 90s probably where the lady, she's in a yoga class and she's like, could you breathe without a Tic Tac? <laughs> yes, but I wouldn't recommend it. And she eats that little Tic Tac. <laughs> Can you do ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Yes. Can you live and, and, and love God and, and read the Bible without the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in your life? Can you talk to your friends about your faith without the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through your life? Yes, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yes. Not when it's available to us. If you don't know that the power of the Holy Spirit is available to you, keep on going. But if you do know that it's available to you, receive it. Walk in it. Allow the Holy Spirit to move through you. What I'm not saying is that you can't live a godly life without praying in tongues. What I'm not saying is that you can't live a godly life without prophesying or without having words of knowledge or words of wisdom. What I am saying is those things manifest the power of God in your life, through your life, in such a way that the kingdom of God is advanced rapidly. And that's something that we should ask for now, our question, our ask is not for the things. Our ask is for the person. It was the gift of the Holy Spirit that they receive. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that they receive. They didn't just ask for the things. Now, God distributes gifts according to his purposes. So the same way we're left in the dark with all the details... We're left in the dark as to which gift I'm going to have until it happens. Now, when we receive the Holy Spirit into our life, when we're filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit through your life. And it might come in prophecy. It may come that you receive the gift of tongues. It may come that you just know stuff. And there's a word of knowledge. I've operated a number of gifts throughout the years. And, and you know, uh, recently I, we were praying at my house for somebody in our congregation who was being tormented by, in her sleep. And she couldn't sleep. And she was, she's, she's from another nation. And, um, and that only matters because it was a cool moment. So she's from one nation. And uh, so I'm praying over her with Megan. And uh, I think Erica was there, Churchill. And, and Sharon uh, McCrahan, who's from India. Also important in a minute. 
And so we're, we're praying and the, the, we're, we're sitting here and I'm like, okay, I'm the pastor. I got to, come on, God, let's, let's do something here. Um, we got to help this woman. We need a miracle. And so I hear this word and I'm like, I don't even know what this word is. Is this even a word? It sounds like I'm making something up. And I'm like, you ladies keep praying. And I go and I start Google, <laughs> I start Googling this word, trying to figure out what I'm hearing. I'm like, I got to figure out what this is. I don't, I don't even, in the, the, the search is coming up blank, so I'm changing the spelling. I'm sitting here probably 10 minutes, and the women are doing a wonderful job being ministers, and I'm doing a wonderful job being fearful. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, God, either you're going to do something or you're not. Just tell me something. And, I'm like, <laughs> and so, so I walk over, and I'm, I, I say to this woman, I say, hey, do you know what this word means? And she's like, nope. I'm like, oh, well, we're done. <laughs> I was like, I got nothing. I've got this pretend word. It doesn't mean anything. That's not going to help you. Like, I'll just keep you up at night. Pastors are making up words. She's <laughs> like, not helpful to anybody. So Sharon Macrahan from India goes, that's a Hindi word. I, just in case you don't know, I don't speak Hindi. <laughs> You've heard this sermon. I barely speak English. <laughs> So I don't speak, she goes, she goes, it's a Hindi word. And I'm like, awesome. Does it mean something? You know, like it means nachos. And like, okay, let's go eat. <laughs> I knew it, Lord. <laughs> and she goes to describe what this is. It was a Hindi god. It's a Hindi god of serpents. And she starts to describe this Hindi god. And the woman from the other country goes, that's my birth year. She goes, I was baptized basically into the serpent and people prayed over me with the, I went to a holy man for some stuff and they prayed over me, the serpent. The room was filled with jars full of serpents and I have all these serpent pendants and bracelets. The Holy Spirit spoke in that moment. It was so remarkable to see that, that God would use me who was Googling to try and figure out what word am I making up right now. That he gave me a word in Hindi for, for Sharon to interpret for this woman from another nation. To, to, to let us know, hey, this is a real thing and I'm going to release this woman today. And she's sleeping fine. cool, huh? I don't have discerning of spirits. That would have been a lot faster. Hey, there's a serpent. Hey, let's pray. <laughs> there's a demon. It's a serpent thing. Let's, let's deal with this right now. Don't have that. What I did have is desperation for God to move mightily through me because somebody had a need that needed to be met that the Holy Spirit wanted to meet in that moment. It's not because I'm a pastor. I'm clearly not a great... <laughs> It's not because of any of that. It's because I just chose to believe that God would move in that moment. Yes, I do speak in tongues. And we can talk about tongues if you want to. It's, but it's not about tongues. It's about receiving a measure of the Holy Spirit so that we can do whatever it is that we got to do when God leads us to a moment so he can do what he wants to do. So... Sharon has this gift of discernment. So I'm praying and I'm like, I think we've done what we need to do. And like, I'm just thinking it. <laughs> I'm like, we spoke with authority. We claimed the blood of Jesus. We, we told it to leave. We told it to, to get out. Yes, we believe in demons. Same thing as Jesus rose from the dead. 
right? If we believe in a God who died and rose from the dead, we can believe that there are demons that exist that want to harass and torment believers who would otherwise live lives of victory. And he just wants to keep us distracted, depressed, pressed down. The the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That wasn't just then, that's now. So we're praying and Sharon goes, hey, I I just sense by the Holy Spirit that it released and it is gone and its head is crushed. It's like, well, thank you, Jesus, for more than one spiritual gift. You hear right? That's how the gifts of the Lord. Now, the, the weird thing is, when God was moving so supernaturally, it was so incredibly natural. The word that God gave me that I wasn't sure was from God, like, did you hear that? I thought I was making up a word. Because it was that natural. It was as easy as a thought. Maybe I should call my friend. Maybe I should read my Bible. And if we're not careful, we're going to miss the Holy Spirit speaking to us, challenging us, inspiring us, giving these natural, giving these supernatural gifts so naturally that we miss what it is that he's trying to do. There was no mighty rushing wind when Larry's butt got healed. (laughs) No. (laughs) Y'all are messed up. Oh, poor Larry. (laughs) Well, not poor Larry. There wasn't one. Okay. Sean will be your pastor next week. (laughs) That's great. And this is why for the longest time we didn't put these on the internet. (laughs) Wow. Tongues of fire rested on their heads, a mighty rushing wind. In the room, the spirit of God manifested himself and he manifested himself through tongues. And this is really, really cool. Now there are tongues that we use to pray to God and to God alone that no man can interpret. It's like, a, it's like an encrypted line between us and, and God. And so nobody can mess with it. Nobody can understand it. We can't even understand it. That's why we keep our mind busy with scripture as we, as we pray in the spirit. And then there's this gift of tongues that can be interpreted. They were praying in the languages and the dialects of the other people in the crowd. Because remember, at the introduction of the sermon, I said it was a loaded moment. There was this feast going on, and all the people of Israel were coming in to celebrate this thing that was dictated to them in, in, their, in, in, their, in their religious laws and ceremony. And so they're in there, and everybody's there, and it's all these people from different languages and different dialects. And all of a sudden, some fishermen are speaking in languages from all over the world, and they're like, who are these guys speaking our language right now? He's dressed like a fisherman, but he's speaking my language. My people aren't fishermen. What is happening? He gave them what was needed for the moment. For as remarkable as all of those things are, I want to to tell you the most remarkable thing of all. And then we're going to pray and we're going to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask for a baptism, a stirring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Tongues of fire rested on their head, a mighty rushing wind. These uneducated men speaking in languages that they had never learned in the dialect of the people who were hearing it. Now there's the language and then there's the dialect. The dialect or the, 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 you can speak Spanish, but the Spanish in Spain is different than the Spanish in Mexico. 
The, the Spanish in one part of Mexico is different than the Spanish in another part of Mexico. There's a dialect, and you can know where somebody's from. In the United States, if you've got a little bit of a drawl, you're from the south. If you've got this Boston thing, it's Boston. Right? You can pick it out. Minnesota got their thing going on. Right? You can kind of get an idea of where people are from by the dialect. Those are miracles, and it's remarkable. It's stunning. The most stunning thing of all is that the Holy Spirit would find himself pleased to dwell inside of a man. Tongues of fire, mighty rushing wind, but a holy God saying, I am pleased to go and dwell inside of a man. That is stunning to me that the Holy Spirit of God desires to dwell inside of you and I. And it brings him glory to do so. That, to me, might be the greatest miracle of the ones we've already talked about. That's the miracle that's promised if we would just ask. If we would surrender and invite the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, that's promised. The other promises are that you will receive power to be his witnesses. The manifestation of that power is going to vary across the church, and that's what makes her so beautiful. That I have certain gifts, and you have certain gifts by the Holy Spirit, and you have certain gifts by the Holy Spirit. That is beautiful. But that he would be willing, desiring to dwell inside of us and to move mightily on our behalf. Don't miss that. God wants to move in and through you to transform and change you so that you can be a witness for him. And that is a great invitation and that's our, that's our possibility this morning. That's what's possible for us this morning is to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit and with that receive gifts. There are two steps to receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. The first is surrender. Reggie, if you could go ahead and come up. Natalia, you, can you come up as well? The first is to surrender to God. It's this surrender, this repentance, this turning from going your way and turning to Jesus, surrendering your life. We say that we call this getting saved or repenting. We call this um, surrendering your life to Jesus. This is where you surrender to Jesus and you say, you are king and I am not. I'm not going to live according to my way, but I'm going to live according to yours. I'm not going to try and justify myself, but I'm going to live according to your justification of me. So there's this surrendering. And then asking and inviting. Asking the Holy Spirit to pour himself out. Now, there's a lot of nuance in all of this that I didn't go into. And if, if you come from a different background and there's some nuance that you're like, hey, you said, what about this? We can talk about the nuance. Just, just tell us at the Connection Center today. Just say nuance, like hashtag nuance. Right? We need a hashtag nuance sign up so we can talk about the nuance of, of all of that. If you come from a background that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit and you're like, whoa, I got questions. 
or you come from a background where you're like, well, you have to pray in tongues if you have the Holy Spirit. Right? Either are going to be both of those ways. I fall in neither of those camps. I believe that what God communicates to us in his word is that he's going to give us his Holy Spirit and he's going to do it now. So uh, if you could stand with me.